0: Playing what's relevant in music from the country of the Midwest and beyond, you're listening to the Big Muddy Music Hour, presented by The Bluff Top at Roachport. I'm your host, Colin LaVote, the shameless voice, and it's a busy week, folks. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, getting ready for Biscuit Fest. Now, by the time you're listening to this show, of course, Biscuit Fest will have already happened. I will have concluded my sober September, and we'll be hopefully celebrating uh, whilst sitting on my couch and enjoying an adult beverage after a long weekend of rocking out. And hopefully we saw some of you folks that are listening to this show out at the fest over the course of the weekend. But here we are on the Wednesday prior, and I had an opportunity to get a couple of cats who have both been on the show and get them together, join, join forces together, not just uh, as a result of their act, because I had them on separately in the past, Uh, But also, they're both in town this week, so I thought I'd uh, take the opportunity to welcome back some old friends to the show. Ben Miller, how you doing, man?
1: Not bad at all, yourself?
0: Oh, man, I cannot complain. Um, Again, we're we're recording this before... Biscuit Fest, but I'm sure we will. Uh, by the time this airs, we will have been coming off, would have been a really great set. Between <laughs> you and the other uh, handsome bearded fella that next to you, Pat Kay is on the show. Yes, sir. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, I'm happy, so happy to have you both on. This is our 92nd episode. Really? Yep. 92nd episode. And Pat was, was the, that the first? first guest. Yeah. yeah. So before wow. we even before i even knew this was officially going to be a show and before i even reached out to kbia about airing it i wanted to do a test run i wanted to do an actual you know pilot episode if you will and pat was my first guinea pig and um, we <laughs> i've i've learned probably a few tricks since then hopefully uh, but yeah I, I don't have many repeat guests but it only made <laughs> sense to have both of you on because you know we whenever pat was on the show we talked about his many various different projects uh, regarding, uh, you know, such um, acts as the K brothers. And then whenever I had Ben on the show, we were, of course, talking about his act Ben Miller Band. And it was on the episode, actually, that that I brought up Pat to Ben because I always, they in terms of their... Uh, being a what I would consider resourceful Missouri musicians mm. in terms of how they put themselves out there, playing a bunch of different instruments, playing homemade instruments and things of that sort, I always kind of put them together. And I remember during uh, actually bringing <clears throat> after bringing up Pat, you were like, "Man, you know, I I really like Pat a lot. I, I need to <laughs> I need to reach out to him." So my first question is, did the Big Muddy Music Hour have? A, play any role in maybe some of the seedlings for MK Ultra? Did you reach out to him maybe <laughs> recently after? <laughs> I don't think that, that that's, interview? I, I
1: think it was more COVID that kind of kind of brought the whole thing together. Where we uh, we our respective bands, you know, we we stopped touring, we canceled tours, and and uh, we just uh, we're, we're doing solo stuff, smaller stuff, you know, that whatever we could get away with doing, and uh, we uh, actually. Pat had booked a show. the first the first try at this project was the idea was we were basically going to do solo shows trade off songs maybe back each other up with a harmonica or you know whatever we could get whatever we could fit in there um, and uh, Pat had booked a show was it a Blue Note show it was a it was at Rose Park Rose Park and yep. uh, that was the failure right yeah uh, yeah
2: and and I will say that I, I can't recall exactly. The sequence of events, with that show, what happened after that show, where you know where your interview on on this show happened. But I will say that they they were very close, and I do remember listening to your interview with Colin. I, I remember <laughs> I remember my name coming up, and I was I was a little alarmed by it, <laughs> and and I can at the very least say that what the 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 subject of that of that conversation definitely made me feel a little bit more open to the idea of 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 uh, of you know um of collaborating with you on on a project like this cuz I, cuz I, it was clear I'm like I know he doesn't hate me <laughs> 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 but you know a good I'll, starting point yeah, yeah, I, yeah but you know a lot I think a lot has happened for for all three of us here you know I I did the first interview with you and and here I am sitting looking over downtown Columbia from the window of your castle here so so <laughs> yeah a lot's changed for you and a lot's changed for for Ben and I since then but you know we we attempted to do that show it didn't happen um we tried again and uh um I mean, from there, I, I just we just didn't stop. You know, the intention of that show originally, like Ben said, was for us to both play separate sets. We very quickly said, "Let's just sit in together." And when we finally did play a show together, it was a it was at George's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We ended up playing the entire show together. We had not rehearsed a single thing at all, but we played every song as as a unit. And over the course of that one show, not only had we and in a way, committed to the idea of collaborating collaborating together in this project, but we'd also named it.
0: <laughs> and I was just realizing, I don't think I actually introduced the band name oh, up shoot. until this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, these guys are here, they play together, but well, that, was, here, that was the birth of MK Ultra.
2: That's right. And, and you know, ultimately we're, we're on stage and we're joking and and it's so much fun to have you know, another person on stage to, to, uh, to banter with and to talk with, you know, most of the time in the K brothers, it's sort of a, uh, sort of a one way conversation between me and the audience. And, you know, the same probably goes with, with Ben and Ben Miller band. But in, in this project, we spend more time talking to each other, um, with the audience sort of bearing witness to it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we were just cracking jokes and, and, Ben came up with the with the idea of saying, you know, M, you know, if we ever make a band, we should call it MK Ultra, M for Miller and K for K and Ultra because Ultra. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just listened to a podcast on the way down to Fayetteville that day on that very program, and I thought it was just, you know, it, it was, it, it was, it was a little a, was fortuitous a little and ser- yeah, serendipitous. Fortuitous. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Yeah, that's great. Let's let's run with that." Um, and that's what we've been doing. Yeah. So that I mean, that what you talk about
0: in terms of the way in which you interact with one another, and this there's almost it slapstick isn't the word, but there's there's kind of a vaudevillian <laughs> vibe to to the show because. Um, in a lot of instances that I've seen and at what you're going to be doing at Biscuit Fest this weekend is Pat m- may play some songs in the Americana style, Ben may play stripped down Americana versions of the songs. And then you, you, as you say, get weird. Right. <laughs> so what was the, what was it? Tell, tell people what that weirdness is if they haven't seen it, describe it for them because it, that's really getting back to the, this whole, this whole trope of, the resourceful Missourian and taking what you have laying around with you and making something out of it. Tell, talk, walk people through what what the actual MK Ultra show is and how how did that evolve into what it is now.
2: I feel like, and I, I'll you know I want to make sure you know Ben uh, you know expounds on this a little bit, but I I think for us, the idea of quote unquote getting weird was sort of born of the fact that. We very quickly rec- recognized when we were playing together that, you know, for the last decade, I've been doing K-Brothers shows. And, and there are certain guardrails that creatively that you need to, to stay in to have a, you know, to, to have a, a sensible flow of show and from song to song. And you start to sort of establish rules with that. And there are things that you don't do you don't you know you don't jump the fence and, and you know do this or that like you you keep it you keep it on the rails and there was a very liberating feeling of of not having those rails anymore you know we weren't playing shows as the K brothers we weren't playing shows as the Ben Miller band we were not flying under any banner and suddenly we realized we can do absolutely whatever we want and the thing that was most enticing to me was the for, the forbidden fruit on the other side of the fence the things that you know we wouldn't have done in our own projects and and i was really excited about the idea of targeting those things <laughs> you know the synthesizers and and electronic beats and things like that 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 uh, you know pre-recorded samples and things like that that we never really would have done in uh, in a show that we normally that we normally would have been doing and you know a crazy light show and and you know all everything that seemed off limits was suddenly to me sort of the target but I think I also think that like the the result of the pursuit of getting weird is, has been something of a you know a moving target since we started that you know at first we were only capable of getting so weird We're much more, we're much capable of getting more weirder now than we were then. And, (laughs) and I think that we very quickly had this sort of idea of what this could sound like. And we started chasing it and we didn't know how to use a lot of this gear.
1: All all of the stuff we did, we didn't know how to, like, we, we kind of had, uh, I think an idea of, of where these, these songs that we had, had known and loved for, for ages and then really influenced um our our previous stuff um kind of the way we heard the way they could be in our heads and uh but we didn't know the first thing about about you know modern production of of, of how you how you create those sounds how you, how those things work at all and so all of that had to be learned we learned so much so fast uh it, it was pretty incredible and I'll never forget pat we were talking on the phone about like yeah, we could really pump these things up. You know, that these old Americana hill songs and and uh Appalachian music uh and he he was like, "Do you remember Cotton Eye Joe from the 90s that like <laughs> oh, no. from the rednecks? And and I was like, "Yeah, man. I th- I, I actually I know it's corny, but I fucking love the it. oh.
0: It's okay. I can bleep the shit out of it. I actually, I actually like putting, putting bleeps in it. <laughs> right. I mean, so and for the next two minutes, feel free to get as vulgar as
2: you want. All right. It. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: um, and I was just like, yeah, it was corny, but I, I really loved, uh, I love that, that song. And he's like, yeah. I remember thinking, are we just going to pretend it never happened? That there was this old time song that, that got on the radio and on MTV. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. And like,
0: the area, a middle school dance went by in the '90s or latter '90s without without that song every, being played. Every
2: every single DJ had that song. Every wedding reception, every wedding, every age group, it was it was accessible, approachable, and palatable <laughs> for like for anyone. And that's you know that's a characteristic of that particular presentation of an old song that, that was really interesting to me because you also have to keep in mind that, you know, in Ben Miller band and in the K brothers, there are certain people playing instruments. Those instruments need to be present in every song. Those instruments have their own capabilities and limitations. But when you're coming at this from, you know, an electronic standpoint, you know, Ben and I quickly figured out, it was like, we could make any sound we want. You know, you hit this pad It can be a chicken, you know, in the next song, it can be something completely different. And all of a sudden it's like, we have access to every instrument ever, ever known to man. Yeah. Yeah. too many options but <laughs> well it's everything
0: in the kitchen sink and it's a lot of fun And it's really funny to hear that um cotton eyed joe reference because it does kind of kind of i i'm surprised i haven't heard you cover it actually because <laughs> it seems yeah. like seems like uh something almost, that would be It's a almost prime... a man
1: of constant sorrow territory where it's like you know it's so like tied to a thing that it's it'd be hard to do just
0: the fact that you have the electronic beats though i think would would set it apart a a little bit but but i digress i actually want to play a song that pat sent over to me um because have have you actually released
2: this like on the streaming services yet we have uploaded a few songs on soundcloud and that's it and i don't even remember what i sent you um but uh i'm gonna play
0: cuckoo okay so uh, yeah, we're we're gonna take take a moment to actually uh, stop talking about what the music sounds like and giving ah. you the dear listener the opportunity to hear what the music sounds like. This is MK Ultra featuring Pat Kay and Ben Miller, my guest this week on the Big Muddy Music Hour, presented by the Bluff Top at Roachport. Whoa! Playing what's relevant music from the country of the Midwest and beyond. You're listening to the Big Muddy Music Hour. It's new music by <clears throat> MK Ultra, featuring my guests this week, Ben Miller and Pat K. That song is called "Cuckoo," and this is the first time I've listened to it. Uh, Pat sent it to me over the last week, I think, but with fresh ears, that's awesome. That sounds really great. And so you you were telling me while we were listening to it that you guys are actually. Recording it and mixing it yourself too. And that's, that's, it's, it's, I'm, you know, I, I always can appreciate, I talk about it on the show quite a bit actually. Uh, having a good recording sound engineer with good ears is everything. You know, you can be from anywhere, but. If, if you don't have a good engineer that's that's running the mixing and, and the recording of what you're doing, then it's just just you know you're you're missing a big part of it. But for you all to be
2: doing everything yourselves, you should be proud of yourselves. That sounds great. Thanks. We and this was another one of those things that we had no idea we were going <laughs> to need to learn this skill set when we started. But
0: being resourceful, in Missouri. That's yeah.
2: right. We realized very quickly that if we wanted to bring these samples into a show and normalize them and everything. they they sounded right and the fidelity was correct and they were panned correctly and all of this that we were going to have to learn how to be studio engineers. And then once we figured out how to mix, we bounced it out and said this, okay, this one's way louder than the other one and we're going to have to learn how to master songs too. And it's just been this constant, you know, (laughs) the the finish line keeps moving further and further away. But the incredible thing is I, I have learned more about music in the last couple of years than I have in the last ten. Same, and, same. And it feels so good to be in a situation where, you know, your 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 DIY, your you know, in in the case of Ben and I, we both work very very hard. You know, Ben's in town in Columbia this week, and um, when he's in town, you know, in, in between a weekend of shows, we always tee up this huge project, and we just you know, we were up until. I think it was 3.45 yeah. by the time I went to bed last night. he said
0: you got three hours of sleep last night.
2: That's right, yeah.
0: So <laughs> yeah. so what, what were you doing? If you were telling me, but tell, tell, tell the we, folks.
2: Basically, in order for this to work, um, in order to have access to these samples and for them to sound good, we figured out that we have to record more or less do the, the lion's share of the album recording before we play a show, so that we can we can pick out the samples that we want, and we know that they're going to sit in the mix the way that we want them to. Um, we didn't realize that this at first, but it was a great you know a great byproduct of the process to be like, well, you know, by the time the song hits the show, it's
1: pretty close to being ready to be released. And um, and our live mix, we're able to uh, like the previous weekend from to. Last weekend, we recorded multi tracked all of our show. Um, so and multi track means that, that each channel that, like, like, the our, my vocal microphone gets a dedicated recording line, and so does Pat's and, and the guitars. And so each thing is separated, um, in, in its relative volume, just like at the show. So when we play it back, it's virtu- virtually playing back exactly what we did at the show. Um, So we're able to like diagnose any kind of mixing issues that we have, um, and, and bring those in, bring those live tracks into the, the session that's going to be the album and hear what, you know, hear what we're doing live and our products are going to be very, very comparable from, from live to album. Uh, and I think that's that's going to be an incredible part of the whole process as well.
0: Well, whereas, you know, so many bands, how they prepare for shows show st- starts and stops with any rehearsal they do on their own. And then also maybe they, they're lucky enough to practice once or twice with their, mm-hmm. their band members throughout the week. In order for you to prepare for a show, it's not just jamming with each other. You guys are literally going down a sound, recorded sound engineering rabbit hole in order to not only make your album sound great, but make your your live show sound great. The
2: first thing, I I, I think the thing that that really sort of started all of this, the launching point was that Ben lives in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I live in Columbia, Missouri. We're, you know, five, six hours apart. How are we going to rehearse? And the sort of cornerstone to us being able to do all this and work remotely was that we figured out very quickly how to record ourselves in a multi-track environment and share that file with the other via, you know, Google drive. And we can rehearse on our own time with each other, which is a wild thing to say, but I can sit down and record my vocal, my guitar, the drum, whatever, you know, on each individual track. And I can send it to Ben and Ben can basically sit there and play along with it and rehearse and compose his parts. He can loop a section and make me sing a line over and over again. And the exact same works, you know the same thing works in reverse, and that creating the capability to do that has allowed us to to basically rehearse constantly, <laughs> even
1: if we're five or six hours apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, also like bringing new material to one another is is such a fast process of record it at home, send it off, and be like Pat's never heard this song before, but he here he has every component piece of it and a a diagrammatic. Um, layout of verse chorus bridge instrumental and and from there like it goes through his his filter of here's what i think we should add to it Here, this bridge isn't working you know it's not hitting it's not slapping it the, where it should here's the peak of the of the composition we need to have a drop out before it really kicks in so it hits harder and all of that that process of like sending it through those filters and it, he'll send it back to me and I'll be like, okay, you know, now that gives me a new idea and we, we should add a whole new section in this part. And I, I think that that process is, it, it really works especially for being, working remotely. And it never ends. There, <laughs> there, it's like a carrot on a stick that is, tied to my shoulder. That's right. It, I've, I've, got, I've had this feeling <laughs> time and time again that I've, got, I've really gotten to have a craving for that's um, making something, thinking it's awesome, and then the next week learning something to that makes that thing that I used to think was awesome, I think it sucks now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like it's this bittersweet moment of, oh, that was terrible, but that feeling means that I'm getting that I'm improving, that I'm developing a sensitivity to things that I didn't pay any attention to before. And, and that keeps happening at a very rapid pace of like, oh shoot, we've messed up. Every five minutes. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But that also means that there's growth every five minutes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it's really awesome to hear about the process and Pat sent me two songs and so I'm, I'm just going to play this other one. Do you mind? If I, if I play this other one you sent me,
2: what is it? I don't know what it is. It's but, wild.
0: It's wild hog. Oh, so wait, tell me about wild hog before before we spin it.
2: Wild hog is a very 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 old um, banjo song. It was uh the the lyric line to it has 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 evolved through several purposes and and you know things over the years. I think it was a part of it was originally a a uh, sort of a folklore tale that that developed into something of a a political uh sort of statement but you know by the time I got over here it's, it's really just a, a story about you know a wild hog in the woods and people are trying to 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 kill it and to catch it but it's too big um and uh most of the iterations of the song that exists are very very primitive like a you know an old gut string banjo and a, and a bodran type hand drum like that sort of thing so it was it was fun to take that and just see, you know, with a song like that, we're trying to see how far we can take it into the future. And a lot of these songs, you know, they've survived for hundreds of years because there's something in the DNA of them, whether it's in the story, the the melody, the lyrics, both all of the above. There's something that makes it, you know, stand the test of time and it's really interesting to take a song that's that primitive and present it in a completely different fashion that is is sort of far beyond um, its intended purpose. And like in this case, there's a lot of electronic stuff in it, and uh, and it still works and it sounds great. And this is the same sort of evolution that these songs have undergone time and time again that
1: uh, that, that keeps them in people's ears. Yeah, I think that it's a to me a, a fascinating topic of these old songs that weren't written by anybody in particular they were written by uh people in general so like it, it went through different like someone would hear it they would you know it was before recorded music hundreds and hundreds of years of of somebody hearing it remembering the parts that were memorable to them recreating those the next person next group of people hears it they, they remember the parts that were that were resonant with them and it's a instead of like a singular songwriter process of creating a song, it's a communal process of creating a song which kind of creates these things that don't necessarily make logical sense, um, you know, but they make some sort of resonant communal subconscious sense.
2: And the more hands that touch them, the broader their relevance and and the better their staying power, perhaps.
1: Yeah, it's sort of a filtering process that, that distills... Someone's original idea, in, into something that's like this strange thing that just like deep inside humans get, works.
0: Well, we're about to hear the MK, MK Ultra version of a storied classic folk tune. Yeah, what you, what's, what's And
2: up? this song is not. We've never even uploaded this, so no one has heard this outside of a show. Um, no one's heard this recording yet either, which
1: is Do you is remember the process of this one, getting it, getting it ready to, what, was it you send me a banjo, like a, a pretty raw banjo thing? I and sent
2: it... you a track that had banjo and my voice and a kick drum, and what you sent back was Quite a bit more than that. I, I, yeah, I, I remember like
1: this was one of the fir- earlier ones, and I remember throwing in just a bunch of. So, listener, prepare yourselves for for.
2: It was a, it was a big aha moment, you know. I, I I sent Cluck Old Hen the same way, and we'd never really, you know, thrown a dart at the board to see what what this sort of combination of sounds was going to sound like. And I remember when you sent this one and Cluck and Cluck Old Hen back, I was like, I. I called you and you were like, Is it too weird? Is it okay? <laughs> I you, I, <laughs> yeah. I, if you hate it, it's okay. I'm like, Dude, I love it. Cool. Let's yeah. make everything like this so
0: mm-hmm. the ch- chances are that by the time you actually release this on an album it could even sound completely different than the version that people are about to hear it 100
2: percent will sound yeah, good, but, yeah. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> this is an exclusive world premiere of the a version of this song that you may have never heard before and may never hear again mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen this is wild hog by mk ultra featuring my guests this week on the big Muddy music hour pat k and ben miller Playing what's relevant in music from the country of the Midwest and beyond, you're listening to the big muddy music hour. Presented by the Bluff Top at Roachport. I'm your host, Colin Lavote, The Shameless Voice. This week, my guests are none other than Pat Kay and Ben Miller of MK Ultra. So Ben has like been living
2: with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah. And the kids I mean- the kids love Uncle Ben. He is the <laughs> he's the favorite around the house. Um yeah, Birdie especially is like, you know, she'll get she'll get home from school and and uh, the door opens and she just looks at me and says, "Where's Uncle Ben?" <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat>
0: well, I mean, it's given how much time it's taken for y'all to put in this project, it's not surprising that you know, essentially you're you're having having to bunk up. But what's what's it what's it been like for y'all to get to know each other on on that level? Whereas you know, you maybe shared a stage like. A couple times a year to, you know, having what is pretty. I mean, it take, takes a big, big bond to be able to work with someone that much and not want to, you know, <laughs> having them
2: get on your nerves. It's been very, very natural for for me, and I, I feel like, um, the sort of the 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 collaboration that that we have is a very is like a high a high efficient. High-functioning um, one in that we both work very hard, and we're both used to, we're both accustomed to carrying a lot of weight on our own. And there's a there's sort of a, um, you know, it's very it's very comforting to have to to have someone who who engages everything with the same sort of ferocity. But at, at the same time, I feel like we we kind of obsess over slightly different things. And if you played, you know, if you played something for us, we'd both have a ton of notes and they wouldn't necessarily be about the same parts. Um, and, I, and I think that's that's part of what makes this work so well is that, you know, you you say a word and and I focus on the letters involved and how it's spelled <laughs> and how that could be changed and, and, you know, its relevance, and Ben obsesses about its meaning and where it came from. (laughs) But at the end, and the sum of both of those efforts, you know, is that there is a full understanding of that word front to back, you know. And I feel like that, you know, the way that we engage just about everything is, is very similar to that.
0: So, you know, something that I rarely ask folks and I'm actually pretty curious about with y'all because you all are so focused on creating your own, your own stuff. And a lot of that is coming from older material, you know, folk songs that are centuries old, but I'm curious, is there any, like fresh new music that has oh, been yeah. coming out recently that like, what are you guys, li- what are you guys listening to? Oh, Oh, like, uh, Oh, that, that, that like excites you, you know, like any new artist or album, you know? Cause like I, whole premise of this show is I get to share with folks some of the new stuff that I've been listening to, but I never really turned that question around to mm-hmm. some of the artists that are, that are sitting with me. It's like, what, what, what's been exciting you, if anything, as of late?
1: I have like, uh, I mean, kind of, there's kind of like two different, answers of of stuff that i'm listening to to like dissect like it of what 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 they did that i want to do as well so like closey uh, as an edm artist um uh and there's a few others who opio opio um um and that's another electronic artist electronic mm-hmm. artist yeah and for me those are those are more of like there, I, I try to break the, break what they're doing down and, and be like, what can I learn from it? Um, I listen. I'm been listening to some r- quite a bit of like hip hop stuff. I like Ski Mask, The Slump God. Um, I mean, I'm a Kanye West fan for for a long time. I listened to Bob Dylan all the way up here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, it's kind of all over the place. But I mean, Bob Dylan's sort of a perennial uh, favorite for me, and I, it was kind of nice to to. Touch back on it, and 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 it's a very different thing than what's happening now. But it's like I, I can still feel the, the echoes of it in what we're doing. Were in you it, always
0: into electronic music before, or did, are you? Did you? Do you have a new appreciation for it after I, after delving into it? I
2: think we have a new appreciation for it. That's that's probably born of of you know we never would have spent this much time listening to electronic music if we weren't listening to learn. And in a lot of ways, you know, listening to some of this stuff is sort of the equivalent of reading a trade magazine. And then you find things and topics and aspects of it that, that are particularly interesting. And next thing you know, you're listening to it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, the way that we put songs together, uh, I mean, almost requires that we that we make a study out of every kind of music. And I've listened to more like... You know world music like bollywood and, yeah. and you know uh you know native american music uh-huh. and things like that the rat pack the we... rat pack you know i i've been listening to a, a far greater breadth and variety of music in the last couple of years than i have you know over the course of my whole life i think it's also because um,
1: it's like open open territory for us now like we, we can we can it's like uh, we could actually do anything we hear of any genre pared down to to the basicest to like the most complex. It, it's uh, it the uh the, <laughs> the sky's the limit.
2: But there's there's incredible things about every kind of music out there that that makes you know it's you know like we say it's sort of the DNA. It's like the the, the center of the circle. You know you have electronic music that has such a variety of synthesized sounds that are arranged in such a clean and like clean way with like so much precision and like it sounds like there's so much going on and when you really start pulling a track apart you realize how much empty space is actually in there and then you go you know you you move over to to listen to like Native American music and like the, the sort of communal spirit uh, being th- the center of it Um and this just goes on and on and on the Rat Pack I love their <laughs> stage banter it's it's top shelf.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it was an epiphany when Pat showed it to me, and I was like, oh, oh my like, God. List,
2: listen to these guys. We thought we were funny. You know? <laughs> like,
1: they're sharp. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, speaking of influences, you gave me yet another song. Now, dear listener, uh, these are songs that have are still being uh, wood shopped, but you're getting the opportunity to hear these tracks as they stand and uh the next song that we're going to be playing for our listeners is red rocking chair so what what in of those many various influences that you just referenced were baked into this track
1: mm. i i think uh, electronic was, is definitely in there um i mean the red rocking chairs is, is old song from goodness knows when and uh i play it on a, a it's a two by four that i like drywall screwed a dulcimer neck onto and put an electric pickup on there and it just sounds like a monster so the uh, the distorted guitar sound is that Pat, pat's playing a, a synthesizer mm-hmm. uh Microkorg synthesizer with a very aggressive wobble
0: i love the Microkorg. that's yeah. the only synth i've ever had yeah. actually is a Microkorg. <laughs> yeah,
2: so there's there's some you know there's like some wobble bass stuff in there there's there's some like uh Trans techno house sort of elements to it as well this is again was one of the 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 three songs that we played were of the original four I feel like we mm. almost the original four burning building was another one but in terms of songs that were like sort of proof of concepts you know this was the first song that I ever played a synthesizer on yeah um and uh this one was pretty pretty early on so the arrangement of it is is uh you know, it's it's been overhauled so many times, but in the end, this is another one of those really old songs that got uh, a, a refresher with a, a bunch of more contemporary tools. Uh, aside, and not so a, contemporary. The
0: two by four, maybe. <laughs>
2: right, but that's that's part of the connection to the to the source. You know, man, that's a that's a homemade instrument on
1: a board. Yeah, it's basic as it gets.
2: Well,
0: we're gonna give the dear listeners a taste of this amalgamation of of archaic two by fours and pristine microcore jams. This is Red Rocking Chair by MK Ultra on the Big Muddy Music Hour, presented by the Bluff Top at Roachport. Playing what's relevant music from the country of the Midwest and beyond. You're listening to the Big Muddy Music Hour, and your burrito is ready. I love the uh, little <laughs> microwave ding in the middle of that breakdown. Uh, so, Ben, while we were listening to the song, was mentioning something about actually you create a, a synth synthesized banjo for that track.
1: Yeah, we don't do that. We don't have it in there live, but but on the track that the listener just heard, uh, w- w- there's like a a software instrument where someone recorded all of the notes on a banjo and mapped them to basically piano keys. And um, I spent a week figuring out like the banjo roles that banjo players do to recreate that to be played on a software instrument on there. I mean, Eventually got taken off. Um, it, do you think we'll have it on the album version, Pat? Uh,
2: I think we. I think we will. But
1: it's like a, it sounds fairly <laughs> banjoey. It sounds like all, like I was pretty. I was pretty happy, pleased with myself. I <laughs> want to mention that. let like, give myself a pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: it's that's very cool. So when can we expect to actually have an actual album to listen to?
1: I'm hoping by the end of the year. Uh, yeah. That. It, I mean hopefully we don't run into things where we realize that that we sucked last week (laughs) Uh, you know like hopefully that slows down a little bit um and and we reach some sort of stasis where 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 we're where it's acceptable and and once we record the album um and put it out then it doesn't matter if we look back and say oh no we learned so much since then it's there's a stake in the ground but until we do that i i, I feel bad i would feel bad about putting out something that i knew wasn't what i currently think is the best thing but once once we do it it's fine it's fine it's in the past at that point but and
2: it, and everything that we're doing right now is is for that end result you know we were up until you know <laughs> 3:30 3:45 this morning Basically, we have to we have to rebuild all of these songs again in a in a se- in session files that can become the album. So we had to start all the way back at the very beginning, and the only way to get it into an album is to get them all into you know a, a, a session file that, that can be used to to produce a record. What
0: was the euphemism you used earlier about going on vacation?
2: Oh, it's like it's <laughs> when we when we do these like these big pushes in a week where we had shows you, you know we had shows last weekend uh, we've got shows this weekend and Ben Stan and it's like now would be a really good time for us to work together on the car before we go on vacation. And it's not like changing the oil, we've completely disassembled the vehicle. All of the parts are spread out all over the driveway. And we have to get it back together in time to leave. And uh, right now, the pieces of all of the songs are just sort of cast everywhere, all over the place. And we're trying to come up with a better way to, a more efficient way to put them together. Um, and uh, we'll get, we'll get there. We're gonna yeah. go right back to it as soon as we leave here. I mean, we'll, we'll be up, it. and we'll be up until <laughs> maybe 4 a.m. I, I,
1: yeah, we we can we can always get it back together the way it was, but we can make it go like 10 miles per hour faster if we fix something at the beginning of the tr- the chain of events that, yeah, it's, it, I like the analogy. I like euphemism.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully we have that done and out there by the end of the year. We'd really like to go into the next year with, a, you know, with an album in hand. And one of the most exciting things about that to me is that, when we try to explain to people what we're doing, mm. it's, it's yeah. translated <clears throat> through our filter, which include, which, which is centered around the capability of it. And it's really difficult to try to tell people what we're actually doing. Not only is it a moving target, but you know, a lot of fans have, you know, they think Pat Kay and Ben Miller playing together, it's going to sound like Ben Miller band and the K brothers put together. and and that's not exactly what this is. Neither band had synthesizers <laughs> no, or you no, know no. or any of that stuff. And and it's going to be quite a you know, it's going to be a great feeling to be able to say here's the link, go listen to it. Here's this album, put it on, spin it, and yeah. this is this is what we're doing. I'm curious. Uh, go
1: ahead. Uh, I'm curious what you would say from what you've heard. How would you describe if you were to describe this to someone?
0: I'd say electronic infused folk music, basically. Okay.
1: Not not folk-infused in- electronic music? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it,
0: it just depends on the day of the week, I suppose, which I'd put first. But, All right. But, you know, it's it's been such a pleasure talking to you guys. We're, we're, I know, given uh, how how long we've gone in discussions in the past, <laughs> that we could <laughs> talk for a lot longer. But, I, folks, I'm completely out of time. I want to thank my guests this week. Uh, ben Miller and Pat K of MK Ultra. Um, looking forward to seeing y'all play this weekend at Biscuit Fest. If you're listening to the show, folks, they they played on Friday night. You can't see them at Biscuit Fest, but check out and follow them on social media, and you can check out all the deets for upcoming shows. But I'm completely out of time, so keep on fighting the good fight. And on behalf of everyone at KBIA and LV Creative, this is Colin LaVote, the Shameless Voice, signing off.